Hello, this is Kendra Von Esch. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power, and pretty much do whatever I want, because it is all about me, right? Until God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. I left my executive career to help others deepen their relationship with God and the faith for true acceptance, love, peace, and joy. Here is my reflection for today. Today is the solemnity of the Annunciation of our Lord. <laughs> Lots of big words there, right? So what does that mean? Well, it was when the Archangel Gabriel came down to ask Mary if she would bear the Son of God, to be immaculately conceived by the Holy Spirit. Another big words right there which means God will create Jesus in her womb without the need for physical intercourse, therefore keeping her pure and a perpetual virgin. Mary had a choice here. Do I, or don't I, say yes to God? I am so happy she decided to trust in God. I cannot imagine what was happening to her body and her soul when the angel came to her, and, you know, when she was conceived through the Holy Spirit with Jesus in her womb. I mean, come on, I know what my body and soul has felt when I went to confession after 26 years, and I was slayed by the Spirit at a healing service, and I have had this liquid love perpetually come over me ever since. And that is the Holy Spirit. I feel him in me, and it's so incredibly awesome. I cannot explain it. I've had so many drugs in my life that I could take them all at the same time and never feel like this. It's supernatural, and it's from God. And in the beginning of my journey, I mean, I felt different. I felt the love and mercy of God after confession, which was my second Sunday on Divine Mercy Sunday back at church. And I wasn't really in it to win it. I was just going because it was in a diet book. And I was graced with this amazing joy and peace. My body was different. Everything was different. And that was when I started really researching this Catholic thing and what it meant to be Catholic. And if I really, well, wanted to be Catholic, you know, like all I remember, it was Mass was boring, and there's a lot of rules I have to follow. But before I dive into that, let me tell you what happened to me yesterday. I was speaking after Sunday Masses, promoting my speaking events on April 1st and 3rd at the Cathedral of St. Peter in Rockford. And when I speak, I share about my 26-year confession and how I had many mortal sins on my soul. So after my brief talk, I went back to the narthex, which is the area in front of the church, and this guy comes up to me and asks me my name, then holds out his hand to shake it, and I was thinking, oh, very sweet. And then he says in a kind of dark, deep, stern voice, there is only one mortal sin. It's murder. I mean, honestly, I was kind of like, whoa, what the heck is that all about? And I wasn't sure how to respond. And I said, oh, no, no, there's many other mortal sins. And then he said, there's only one mortal sin, it's murder. And I didn't even have a chance as, you know, to say anything more. He scurried back into the church for the final blessing. He, he actually stepped out of mass to come talk to me. 
and I couldn't follow him in there because they were beginning the hymn to end the Mass. And he was nowhere to be found. I don't know where he went afterwards. So I just had to talk about this today. God's law was a struggle for me. I think you should look up the Catechism of the Catholic Church, just Google it, and go to Article 8. And honestly, Wikipedia, if you, go, you know, if you Google mortal sin, go to the Wikipedia page because it really does pull stuff out of the catechism and there's an actual partial list in there. So just to name a few, which are mortal sins, abortion, contraception, adultery, fornication, that means sex before marriage, masturbation, homosexual actions, failing one's duty to attend mass. That means if you don't go to mass every Sunday, that's a mortal sin. Prostitution, pornography, extreme anger, incest, euthanasia of a human being, causing someone else to sin, or drunkenness or drug use to the point of lack of reason and doing harmful acts such as violence, sex, or driving intoxicated as to harm others. These are just a few things that are listed out there. So I think it's important to know what grave sin is. And it, you know, it has three components. So I should say mortal sin, not grave sin, but the subject matter must be grave. It must be committed with full knowledge and awareness of the sinful action and the gravity of the offense. And it must be committed with deliberate and complete consent. Okay, so there's a lot of interpretation here, but, you know, somehow deep, you know, deep inside I I was doing a bunch of these things that I just listed and I fell into them over and over again in my in my early journey and some I was convinced by this culture was okay. I mean, come on, I have a lot of gay friends. It's okay to be gay. Love is love. These are great people. And it's okay to masturbate, watch pornography. I mean, isn't that just you and yourself? You're not hurting anybody with that. Uh, abortion, you know, we want safe ways to put a baby down, right? And to have a woman's right to choose was another I accepted as moral. Or even euthanizing someone, you know, at the later years of their life, helping them not to suffer and to end their life peacefully. But somehow, maybe, I guess, deep inside, I knew they weren't right. God made us with an unwritten moral law, like a moral code, Some people call it intuition. Some people say, you know, follow your gut. We know what is right and what is wrong. But honestly, we're so very clever. But and, you know, I've done this myself. I've rationalized most things and I can convince myself everything's okay after, you know, I kind of play around in my head a little bit and compare it to what the society tells me is okay. So I had to choose. Do I believe in God's law or do I believe in my own laws or what society and men have said is the law or the acceptable way to live? Do I believe it because it's behavior I see on TV, movies, commercials, and maybe social media and what all these protesters say? Or do I believe in a God who created us 
challenges us to live as close to his law as possible for our salvation and know that regardless, regardless, people, I will fall. I'm going to fall into sin. Adam and Eve made sure of that. They were the original sinners. It's in our human nature to go down the easy path, the pleasure path, and the one that everyone else seems to follow. And after a lot of research and soul searching, I had to challenge almost everything I believed in. And honestly, I had to atone for a lot of my behavior in my life. And I'm telling you, I struggled with a lot of sinful behaviors for years. And I still pray that I don't fall into some of those temptations. In a nutshell, mortal sin separates you from God. When you willingly commit these sins, you are separated from the graces of God, which are needed to help us change, to change our hearts, our souls, our actions, and to know the support and love of God and what the heck the meaning of life is, which is to get to heaven and bring as many people there as possible. Yeah, I mean, really, it's that simple. But it's not an easy thing to do. Without God, it sure is stinking difficult, people. If your mortal sin is not redeemed by repentance and God's forgiveness, meaning going to confession, it causes an exclusion from Christ's kingdom and the eternal death of hell. For our freedom has the power to make choices forever with no turning back. However, Although we can judge that an act in and of itself is a grave offense, we must entrust judgment of persons to the justice and mercy of God. That's directly from the Catechism. This world is duped. I mean, I I talk about this in my own family. The world is somehow convinced that Jesus is all-forgiving and the Father and the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't matter how we live, God the Father will forgive us when the time comes. But Jesus Christ says just the opposite, and I quote from Bible Scripture, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Few. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Jesus was and is fully aware that the narrow gate and rocky road of which he speaks is by no means an easy one. But it is sure and steady. It's the path which leads to his kingdom. Guys, let's be honest. It's often, you know, fraught with suffering, thorns and thickets. I mean, it's a road which, you know, we all stumble and fall from time to time, or perhaps we even stray from only to find the path that the world has laid out for us has led to death like a dead-end cul-de-sac, a roundabout which ultimately fails to satisfy us. I want to read something from St. Faustina Kowalska. 
She was a Polish nun who received divine revelations from our Lord Jesus Christ, and she recorded a vision she had regarding two roads she saw before her diary, known as the divine mercy in my soul. I would suggest anybody, everybody, grab St. Faustina's diary. It basically tells you what you need to do to be saved. Okay, so she writes, I saw two roads. One was broad, covered with sand and flowers, full of joy, music, and all sorts of pleasures. People walked along people walked along it, dancing and enjoying themselves. They reached the end without realizing it. And at the end of the road, there was a horrible precipice. That is, the abyss of hell. The souls fell blindly into it as they walked. So they fell. And their number was so great that it was impossible to count them. And I saw the other road, or rather a path, for it was narrow and strewn with thorns and rocks. And the people who walked along it had tears in their eyes, and all kinds of sufferings befell them. Some fell down upon the rocks, but stood up immediately and went on. At the end of the road there was a magnificent garden, filled with all sorts of happiness, and all these souls entered there. At the very first instant they forgot all their sufferings. I believe that's on page 153 of the diary. I will end with this. God's law handed to us from Jesus in the magisterium, the teachings of the Catholic universal church, which was structured after Jewish law, the chosen people of God with the high priests and the Pharisees and the different levels of governing. There's a reason for the governance structure. Why? Because we are men, we are human, who make our own realities. I mean, hello, can't you see it in the thousands of spun-off Christian denominations? These were men who said, oh, you know what, I don't believe in that law, or I don't believe in that commandment, and I don't believe that, you know, they went off on their own. And that's not a universal church. In the Bible, it's the church. (laughs) Okay, I digress. So, God knew this, which is why the church still has the same hard accepting laws, because this culture and these people in this world want the easy path. That's why the church has the same rules for 2000 years. It is what it is, people. Jesus handed it to Peter and Peter was our first pope. So you either believe it or you don't. You either strive to live like Jesus and follow his tough, rough, thorny path, but finally reaching eternal bliss and forgetting all the struggles and sacrifice and cultural blowback, or you dance down the devil's mirage of this life right into hell forever. I mean, that's a pretty big decision. You cannot believe in the gospels that you like and reject the ones you don't like. That isn't how it works. There is no judgment by me here on anyone, as I was and still struggle to live according to how God commands me to live. But I know what he's given me to help me 
I will stay close to the sacraments given to me through the church to help me on my journey through the Eucharist, through Mass, Jesus and the Holy Communion, right? I mean, I have Jesus alive in me and I go to daily Mass. So every single day I have him helping me stay away from mortal sin. That's what the Eucharist protects you from and helps me eliminate venial sin, which are the the less grave sins in our lives. Reconciliation, aka confession. Holy cow. I go because I need his graces to help me. I go every week. I know and I'm much more aware of my sinful behaviors, my sinful desires, and I just want to be as pure as possible, especially through my ministry. So this world has, I believe, thrown out Jesus and the moral ways of living, and it seems as if the culture and the society is against all of what Jesus taught us. All I know is this. I am human. I fall, but I will never deny Jesus. I will take any and all crap from anyone. I mean, go ahead and bring it. I'll defend my position and do my best to help others find the truth, God, and the faith so that they too can live with God in them and have the courage, strength, and, you know, frankly, love to share the good news. You know, it kind of sounds like it's all doom and gloom on this thorny, suffering path. And yeah, this world is hard. But we have to keep our eyes on the prize and that eternal love and happiness in heaven forever and ever. This life is so short, and I just want to help others realize this before it's too late. You never know when your last breath will be. So I implore you, if you have mortal sins on your soul, please go to confession, all of you fallen away Catholics out there. You are only one confession from being in a state of grace and walking back into Mass and receiving Jesus in Holy Communion. Oh, and, you know, just know if you don't go to Mass after you go to confession, you're right back in mortal sin. Sorry, people. I have to share that with you, too. Is 45 minutes to an hour of your Sunday, or if you go to Vigil Mass on Saturday afternoon, worth flames licking your butt and you suffering in agony and pure solitude for the rest of your eternity? Is it too much to do? I think not, even if you're not in it to win it, because I wasn't in the beginning. I just went. I didn't want to. I just did. And I knew that I could receive Jesus. And that was when I started learning more and more about the faith. I didn't mess with this stuff, people. I seriously didn't. What if I'm wrong and this Jesus thing and Catholicism doesn't matter? I mean, after all of my research and what I learned, I'm not taking that chance. (laughs) I mean, heck no. And to be honest, my life is so much better since God found me and through the sacramental graces of the church. And that is so huge. And what a benefit for my life. I mean, my life is so much better I can't imagine that living the way Jesus wants us to live is wrong. And again, I don't, I'm not taking that chance. It's not worth my eternal soul. Something to ponder over, everyone. 
It seems like a no-brainer to me, though. Think about it. All of you who are fallen away Catholics, is it really worth the chance? I don't know. May you walk in the light of the Lord, and may peace be with you always. Have a blessed and inspired day. Sorry this one was so long, but it's a meaty and important conversation. I love you all.